Okay, get your Bibles ready, and let me remind you too that the sermon handout is available online. You can download that. Today I want to talk to you about three special words. These three words are words of faith. These three words can bring peace to your soul. These three words can change the atmosphere of your home. These three words today are simply this. All is well. I believe right now the coronavirus is not what's hurting our lives. It's how we're responding to it. Uh, tribulation is just part of being on earth. Trials, the enemy attacking, sickness, disease. It's going to plague our world no matter what. The goal is not to avoid all of the negative things. The goal is to make sure you have Jesus by your side as He's walking you through all the negative things in life. Negativity, fear, anxiety, worry, that will do more damage to our destiny than a virus will. So instead of complaining about the difficulty, instead of adding to all of the anxiety that's just running rampant through our society, we have to learn to verbalize these three words, all is well. It says in Isaiah 3 verse 10, tell the righteous, and I believe that's you, that all shall be well with them. What that means is God is still on the throne of the universe. I am his child and I hope you are too. Heaven is in my future. Whether it comes through a coronavirus, whether it comes through cancer, or whether it comes through old age, heaven's in my future. So no matter what I face right now, all is well. Those three words can take pressure off of your family. Those three words can prevent um, uh, emotional um, outbreaks in our soul. Those three words can help us not to infect everyone else around us with the disease called fear. All is well. In 2 Kings chapter 4, this woman and her husband, they built an extra room under their house so when the prophet Elisha came through town, he'd have a place to stay. They would feed him. They would take care of him. Uh, Elisha asked them one day, what can I do for you because of all the good things you've done for me? They said, oh, we don't want anything. It's no big deal. He said, no, I insist. What is it you want? They said, well, we've never been able to have a child. The husband said, my wife's barren and we're too old. And so long story short, Elisha prayed for him. And the Bible says in verse 16 of 2 Kings 4, Elisha said, by this time next year, you'll be holding your baby son. Sure enough, that took place. They had a little boy. Fast forward 10 years later. The son is out in the fields working with his father one day, and he started to get a headache really bad. So in verse 20, it says, the boy was brought to his mother, who held him in her lap until noon, at which time the boy died. She picked up her son and laid him in the room, in the bed that belonged to Elisha upstairs. For most people, this would be the end of their story. For most people, this would be where that negative circumstance gets on the inside of their heart and now the rest of their life, they're bitter. The rest of their life, they have an excuse to be negative. The rest of their life, they're complaining. But the Bible says in verse 22 that the woman called to her husband and said, Get me my donkey. For some reason, when I read that, I feel like maybe they were Irish. Maybe they were part of Shrek's clan. And donkey, 
where's me donkey? You know, get my donkey, she said. And that was just a joke. But anyway, she said, um, uh, so I can quickly go to the prophet. Her husband said to her, what's wrong? What's the reason? And here's those three magic little words. She said to her husband, all is well. Now, it's very interesting to me, but I think the point we can make here is that many times in life when things are going in the negative, um, in the negative they're going bad for us. The first thing we do is we run and tell those people closest to us as if they can fix the whole world. And a lot of times what that does is it adds to the anxiety and it hurts the relationship. In this case, Elisha doesn't represent a man. He represents God. He was the prophet of God. And this woman, even when it came to her husband, her three words were all is well. All is well. I think it's interesting how men love to fix everything and women just kind of want to just get it out and just talk about it. And the man's thinking, okay, what's the quickest route to fix this problem and make you happy again? And the woman's thinking, I don't need it fixed. I just want to talk to you about it for three hours and just cry about it. And it doesn't help either party. I find that men a lot of times will hold things in until they finally come up with a solution to fix it. Then they'll verbalize it. And women will just, of course, you know, verbalize it. Here's what's going on. And neither one is healthy. Scripturally, the first person we should go to is God. I wonder how many of our emotional outbreaks would not occur if we would go to God first before we'd go to everybody in our household, everybody on Facebook. Here's how I feel. Here's how bad life is. And before long, the whole world knows that you have a lack of faith. But if you would go to God first, I wonder how many of those things He would fix. Or you wouldn't have to go to anybody else. I'm not saying to to hide anything from your spouse. I'm saying go to God first. Go to God first, just like this woman did. Sometimes instead of running to our family and friends, we got to run to God. Take this in balance. But in verse 24, it says she saddled the donkey. She told her servant, make the donkey go as fast as he can. Do not slow down unless I tell you. I did some research. And do you know some donkeys can run up to 40 miles an hour? I don't know how much slower they go with someone on their back, but even 20 miles an hour is, is, is fast, I would think. So she's heading to Elisha's. Elisha looks out of his house and he sees the, the, the dust billowing in the air. And he looks and he sees, he recognizes it's the woman, the one who he prayed for her and her husband, they had the child. And so Elisha tells his servant Gehazi, go up ahead and see what's wrong. And so Gehazi gets on his horse and runs way up ahead. When he finally reaches the lady, he says to her, is there something wrong? And she looks at him while she's on that donkey, going as fast as she can. She said, all is well. He said to her, is there something wrong with your husband? And she said, all is well. And most people would have really had something to say then. All is well. He said to her, is there something wrong with you? And she said to him, well, let me tell you, I live in Myrtle Beach and I can't even go out to the ocean. I'm about to lose my job. My house might be foreclosed on. I'm feeling a little bit of a cough, itchy in my th No, she looked at him and said, listen, all is well. And then finally, he hit the nail on the head. Gehazi said to her in verse 26, is there something wrong with your child? Now at that point, I don't think anybody watching this right now would have thought bad of this woman if she had stopped in her tracks right there and said, okay, listen, there is something wrong with my child. 
I can't believe God gave me this promise. Now looks like he's, he's dead. I don't know what to do. I'm feeling depressed. I'm discouraged. The walls are crashing in on me. Where am I going to go? From? No one would have thought bad of her if she just let it all out. But she didn't want to lose her miracle. Miracles don't occur when we're full of fear. They occur when we're full of faith. And so she responded to the Gehazi in verse 26. All is well. Okay, here's point number one for your notes. Okay, Point number one is this. Sometimes we have to say it before we actually believe it. Because understand this or not, you believe most of the things you listen to. If you would listen to yourself, say, because I serve a mighty God and my destiny is heaven, no matter what I go through on earth, all is well. This woman was saying all is well before she ever felt like all is well. The way you and I as believers react during these difficult times of life, that can either ruin our witness with the world or it can greatly help our witness. If you're letting everybody, and listen, we should all have, we should all have a confidant, some person that we talk to after we go to God. I agree with that. It's very healthy. But that person better be a person of faith. And by the time the conversation's done, they better tell you, hey, don't worry. All is well if you serve God. But I do believe that when we react with such incredible negative emotions, it hurts our witness to the rest of the world. Here they think, and wait, you say you serve the God of the universe, and then now the whole world has this, this attack come on it, and you're just as scared as everybody else. You're just as full of anxiety as everybody else. You're just as worried as everybody else. Shouldn't there be something different about us? Shouldn't all be well with us too? We have to say it before we believe it. She finally made it to Elisha's house. And I think it must have been uh, pollen season when this occurred. Because it says in verse 35, After Elisha prayed for the boy, he sneezed seven times and opened up his eyes. In this woman's, in this mother's, in this wife's darkest hour, she refused to let what was going on on the outside get on the inside. We will never live in victory if we allow our circumstances to determine our attitude. This is where we can show the world there is something different about people who serve Jesus. All is well with us. You know, there's a lot of people, I'm sure you're watching, and maybe you know somebody that's always negative. I mean, if God fixed all of their problems today, they'd still find something to complain about. And they say things like, oh, it's just my personality. Oh, I'm just sharing my opinion. Listen, if you're negative, God didn't give you that. If you're negative, it doesn't line up with God's word. In fact, if you want to know why you're negative, you're not negative because you're going through negative things in your life. See, a lot of people think that. They think, well, because this person hurt me 20 years ago, that's why I am the way I am. Because I went through this difficult time, I lost this, this dream didn't come true. That's why I'm like this. That's not true at all. The reason people are negative is because they allowed what happened on the outside to get on the inside and poison their heart. It says in Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Now watch this. But an evil man out of his heart, out of his evil heart brings forth evil things. Negative people are negative because they allow negative things to get in their heart. Let me say this. 
Do you know there's millions of people going through the same things you're going through right now? Millions. All over the world. From every walk of life. People that have more money than you. People that have less money than you. People that have more to lose, less to lose. The whole world right now is going through the same thing together. Yet, there are some people that are still full of faith. Some people that are still positive. Some people that are still proclaiming all is well. You can be that type of person. Jesus himself said in John 16, 33, In this world, you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. Now that's not the most incurred. We don't, that's, we don't use that as one of our faith confessions on a Sunday morning. But let me tell you how it ends. It ends with this. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. Notice, even Jesus said, you can still be of good cheer when you're going through trials, tribulation, distress, and frustration. You can still say, in faith, all is well. Number one was we have to say it before we believe it. Here's number two. We have to believe it before we see it. It starts with your words. You have to say it before you believe it. See, a lot of you right now, it's not well with you. All is not well with your family, with your health, with your finances, with your soul, your mind, your will. All is not well. That's okay. Say it in faith. The more you say it, and you need to stop listening to words that go against that. But the more you say all is well and tell your children, hey, all is well. You get some extra vacation time. All is well. The more you say it, the more you believe it. Now listen, the more you believe it, the closer you are to actually seeing it in your life. There's a story about these two men. They were both deathly ill and they shared a hospital room together. Neither one could get up out of bed. They were there for several weeks. And every day, the man who was closest to the window would tell his roommate, the other guy, what he saw out inside in the window in great detail. He'd say, my friend, today I see a beautiful sunrise. Today I see kids playing outside and trees waving in the wind. Every day, this man who was unable to get out of the bed couldn't wait to hear what was going on outside. It was the highlight of his day. One time, his friend told him, I see a parade coming by. There's a marching band. People are celebrating. This went on for several weeks until the man who was closest to the window passed away. His friend later asked the nurse if he could have the bed now by the window. And so she moved him over there. But when he looked outside, much to his surprise, all he saw was a brick wall. It was the other wing of the hospital. He called the nurse. He said, what's going on? My roommate described all these beautiful scenes for several weeks. I can't see a thing out this window. The nurse smiled and said, sir, didn't you realize your friend was blind? The more we say it, the more we believe it. The more we believe it, the more we're going to see it in our future. In Daniel chapter 6, one of the most um, popular chapters in the Bible, Daniel and the lion's den, it starts in verse 3 and it says that Daniel was distinguished above the governors and officials because an excellent spirit was in him. Notice their spirits are transferable. Excellent spirit in Daniel. It says no fault or error was found in Daniel. Do you know anybody that could be described today 
And this is in the Bible. It's saying there was no fault or error in him. Honestly, I don't know anybody besides me and, and probably Bob. And lately I've had my doubts about him, to be honest with you. But Daniel was a great guy. Loved God. No fault in him at all. And a lot of times people think, if I do everything right, if I go to church every Sunday, if I serve, if I give, if I help my community, if I love people, then surely nothing negative will happen around me. But that, my friends, is not how life works on earth. No person is exempt from negative circumstances. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Uh, this past week, I had a, a, an acquaintance of mine who does not go to church at Solid Rock send me a text and said, this is all the wrath of God. He's out to you know, really get people. And I responded, and I shouldn't have, but I said, is the flu the wrath of God too? And they said, oh no, this is different. If God wanted to pour out His wrath today on the world, He could take His pinky and block out the sun and we would live in total darkness. This, my friends, is one of those trials and tribulations that we have to go through, but be of good cheer in the process. Daniel was doing everything right, no fault or error in him. And in verse 16, so the king gave the order to throw Daniel in the lion's den. Boy, that's a good Friday, huh? That's a good Palm Sunday for you, right? Throw Daniel in the... He did everything right, and now he's with the lions. Life is not about avoiding the difficult situations. Life is about making sure you have Jesus by your side as He takes you through those difficult situations. And how you respond in the lion's den can in large part determine how long you're in the lion's den or what happens when you're in the lion's den. It's all about going through these times with Jesus by our side. Verse 18 says this, That night the king could not sleep. Now I find this very interesting. The guy that had all the money had no problems. The one that had a whole staff waiting on him, the one that lived in the biggest house in the palace, he couldn't sleep a wink. But the one that was in the pit with hungry lions slept like a baby. Even, slept like a baby is a dumb phrase. I don't know who came up with that. Someone that didn't have a child. I've had five kids. None of them when they were babies slept. So Daniel slept like a senior citizen on Sunday. Daniel slept with the lions. In the, here's why. It's because in verse 22, he said, My God sent His angel to shut the mouths of the lions. That's telling us we can't pray away every difficulty in life. And personally, I would rather go through the coronavirus with Jesus then spend the rest of my life with riches and live till I'm 100 years old and not have Jesus with me. We have to get a heavenly, eternal perspective for what we're going through right now. How was Daniel able to do this? How was Daniel able to prevent the negative circumstance that was on the outside from getting on the inside of his heart? Here's how. Verse 10 is the key. Daniel got down on his knees three times a day in prayer, giving praise and thanksgiving to God. Here's what Daniel was doing. He was saying, listen, all is well. 
If I, if I live through the night and I get to continue my destiny, all is well. If I die by the mouth of the lions, all will be well. How could he have that faith? Because on a regular basis, he was verbalizing how amazing God has been in his life. That's what it means to give praise and thanksgiving to God. We have to believe it in faith before we're ever going to see it in fact. You may be in a place right now where all is not well with you. You can either complain about it, you can talk about it with everybody, you can share these horrible feelings that you have with everyone you turn to, Facebook, social media, the whole world, or you can do like Daniel and do like that woman with Elisha and simply say, all is well. Uh, back in the 1800s, there was a very wealthy businessman, a lawyer, he was into real estate. His name was Horatio Spafford. In the 1800s, the Spafford family was very, um, very big financial supporters of D.L. Moody, one of the greatest preachers of all time. Uh, one day, the family, the Spaffords, they planned a trip to Europe to hear Moody speak overseas. Some business demands prevented Horatio from traveling with his wife and their four daughters, so the wife and daughters went on ahead. On November 22, 1873, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, an iron sailing vessel collided with the ship that the wife and daughters were on, and 226 people died that day, including all four daughters. After the survivors were rescued, his wife, Anna, sent a telegram back to her husband. The topic, it read in the upper left-hand corner, simply said this, saved alone. A week later, Horatio sailed to England to be with his wife. Halfway through the voyage, the captain of the ship went up to him and notified him that they were at the exact spot where all four of his daughters died just a few weeks before. Mr. Spafford got out a pen and he wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. No matter what comes our way in life, we have to have the faith to say, it is well with my soul. We have to say it with our mouth before we ever believe it in our heart. And we have to believe it in our heart by faith before we ever see it come to pass in fact. I believe that sometimes we have to announce all is well, not just for God to hear it, not just for you to hear it, not just for your family and friends to hear it, but sometimes we have to announce it for Satan to hear it. And I believe that when you do this, when you're basically saying my life is in the hands of God, Satan has no power over you anymore. Whether you live today or die today, whether you live to be 100 years old or die, when you're, whatever the case is, when all is well is coming out of your mouth, I can promise you, that shows everyone around you, you truly believe God is in control. Amen. I love you. I want you to keep tuning in. We have a special song we want to sing for you. Then Dr. Lonnie Riley is going to come and speak. And um, I miss you guys at Solid Rock. I'm going to pray for you and then we'll close. Lord.
We love you. We thank you so much for this day, God. God, we thank you for keeping our Solid Rock family together through online services. Uh, Lord, I just, just proclaim that, that blessings are in store, healing favors in store. I ask you, Lord, right now to just post angels around every person's home at Solid Rock. Have these angels to prevent any negative spirit, any sickness or disease from coming under their property. Lord, we just thank you for all those that have stepped out to help us have these services and everything they're doing behind the scenes. We love you. We give you all the glory. And because of you, God, we can boldly say that all is well. Love you. We'll see you next week.